What's going on, everybody? This is Dr. Brent Pritt with Science of Falling, episode number six of the Science of Falling podcast. And I'm here with Christian Fairfax. This guy is freaking awesome. I've known him for a couple of years. And he is the co-founder and CEO, I believe, of the Flying Frog Academy over in Roanoke Park, California. It is a parkour gym at its heart, but they also do a couple other things there. Um, Christian himself is a freaking movement genius, I would say. Um, I don't know if he would say that, but this guy gets his hands in any kind of movement he can possibly do as long as I've known him he has. Um, he does parkour. He's jumped in gymnastics. He also does jujitsu, I believe, still. Um, and he's kind of a badass. So, Christian, I'm going to throw it over to you. Tell us about yourself and uh, your background. Uh, sure. Yeah. So my name is Christian. Um, I started out with gymnastics growing up. Uh, the story is my mom put me in gymnastics at age two because I was scared to go down the slide. And she was like, I want to get this kid. You know, I don't want this kid scared of simple things like that. And um, and then, you know, I, I stuck with it for a long time. I did gymnastics from age two to 17. Um, and it was around that time that I found parkour. So when I was 16, 17, I found parkour, started kind of dabbling with it, but really didn't um, start until, until, until then. I kind of switched right from one to the other. Um, I've done parkour for uh, 12 years now um, and uh, been active in the parkour community that whole time. Um, I started teaching parkour back in 2011, I believe. Um, and, uh, and I started jujitsu like two and a half coming up on three years ago. So, and I've been doing that really consistently as well. Um, so yeah, a, a mix of, uh, mo mostly right now it's a mix of, uh, martial arts, mostly jujitsu and, uh, and parkour. Awesome. Yeah. So like I said, he is a movement master. He does everything he can. <laughs> And you did, what was it? I don't know if you ever did break dancing, but you had that break dancing class at the frog and you kind of got really into it at one point, right? Uh, oh, so we, so we've done a few different workshops and, and stuff. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I've like dabbled here and there in, um, capoeira and in break dancing. I would not say that I could not call myself a break dancer <laughs> at all, mostly cause I can't dance. Um, but I, I, I know, like, so any, any movement, uh, art that has like tricks and acrobatics, I, I can, I usually know a few things here and there from, from each of those. So capoeira, break dancing, gymnastics and tumbling, um, you know, a little bit of hand balancing. Um, but my, my, like, I guess my, my bread and butter was, was parkour for, for 12 years, you know, like 10 of those years was really just parkour as mm -hmm. kind of as much as I could. And then the last, last two and a half. Um, where I've been, um, like you said, I've been CEO of Flying, Flying Frog Academy. Um, and that's, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't always CEO. I've always been part of Flying Frog Academy, but um, a couple of my friends uh, founded it actually. And, um, but, you know, they've both kind of started to move on or have moved on. And um, so I've taken on a bigger leadership role there. Um, and so I'm still actively training parkour. Um, but a lot of my training is is with my students now um and i'm also actively training jujitsu a few times a week so there's definitely we can yeah we can talk about falling in in all all the areas i've done for sure yes this is the guy to talk to you about falling and i know in the past i've done parkour podcasts but I, I i got you on here because you have that unique idea of parkour 
gymnastics, and even the martial arts aspect of it too. Because I mean, these are these three areas where balance is just paramount, and then falling is also paramount as well. So I thought it'd be a good, unique mix. Plus, on the other side, I just want to give you props. Flying Frog was kind of one of those places where I, I kind of I gained a lot of confidence through the classes with you guys. I remember my first one with um, was Justin, and I, I, I went in, and it was like a on accident it was supposed to be adult class and turned into be a private session because i was the only one who showed up that day yeah and it was like it just you know i can't tell you how many times i was there and i had to face my fears like i physically got frozen and i know you know that feeling where you just can't, oh, yeah. you can't move because you're scared of what you're gonna do um and that was a big part in my confidence to move across the country to maine to go to pt school so like i gotta get you, you flying frog and you guys have really influenced my life a lot and it's influenced this project science of falling a lot because i honestly wouldn't have made this project if it wasn't starting with you guys and learning some of the basic falling techniques and um how powerful that is just to you know break down some barriers and fear and kind of learn how to use your body like you should um so props to you on that one well uh, thank you yeah um yeah i mean that that whole yeah an, an ounce of prevention right it's better mm -hmm. than a pound of cure and For uh, sure. yeah it's i think that um parkour and martial arts are the two disciplines that I've seen that have the most like you need to learn how to fall. Um, and it, I'd say it's a little more of a recent development in parkour, mm -hmm. you, you know, maybe more like the last like eight years or so. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, parkour on a whole is fairly recent, but yeah, um, for sure. You know, there's, there's definitely been a while where everybody was just kind of flying by the seat of their <laughs> pants, like just seeing a YouTube video of, of one of the like founders and just trying to, um, you know, emulate and replicate what they saw. Um, but since there's been gyms for the last 10 years, I think, um, I think apex movement was one of the, one of the first, well, I guess primal fitness in DC was maybe the first and then apex movement was yeah. uh, second or third in Colorado. And, um, and they started, uh, they kind of started the parkour Kemi thing. Amos Rendow of, of apex movement started that. So, um, yeah, so really in like 2008 or 2010 is when when it kind of became more known. And then just the more gyms that have popped up, um, the more uh, kind of awareness has been brought to uh, this idea of being prepared, learning how to fall safely. Um, and the athletes before that, a lot of them like landing and rolling and, mm -hmm. and things like that was always a part of parkour. Mm -hmm. um, but this idea of like a falling continuum where you're prepared for as many possible scenarios as, as, as you can be um, is a little bit of a newer development, I suppose. Which is pretty awesome because I mean, I, they, like you said, it's a fairly unique to martial arts and parkour in itself. And I would say the, you probably know this better than I would, but I would say the martial arts techniques are just a little bit different than the parkour techniques because it's matted versus concrete. Yeah. Um, but that, I think it's really awesome. And I've actually, uh, I think Amos and maybe it was just Apex in general, but they did that uh, as par parkour EDU, you know what I'm talking about? The website. Yeah. So yeah. I actually, I actually was part of their like first hundred people to take their, their falling uh, course, which was oh, super cool. awesome. I was like, I was, when I was out of Maine, I was like, yeah, I want to try to brush yeah. up. I haven't been doing this stuff too much lately. Um, and it was really well done. And they got, I mean, I think um, Amos Rondo was the the instructor most of the time there. I think yeah. um, was a Ryan Ford yep. uh, did part of it. And that was just a really cool thing. And seeing that continuum of that falling um, of all the techniques, like, you know, they have circle drills and they have all, they have stuff on bars, they have stuff off of bars. And it's just really cool to see that stuff. Now, I find it interesting that, um, so you were a gymnast for a bit and yeah. I mean, how much is falling play into that? Obviously, you don't want to fall because you're going to get points off and it's not going to look good. Um, sure. But as a gymnast, that's kind of part of the 
the deal, right? You're going to fall, especially when you're learning. So like how important was falling and learning those falling techniques during your gymnast years? Like was it ever emphasized or was it kind of like, Hey, try not to get hurt when you fall and land it next time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've thought about that a little bit. Uh, so as we talked about, the environment is much more padded in gymnastics. So um, when you're learning a skill, you're learning it in a more padded environment. And, you know, parkour gyms are going to use this too. It's a great um, kind of progression system where, you know, when you're starting to learn a flip, you can't just try it on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, there are ways to learn it without mats, but it's, yep. it's just a lot harder. Um, and so if you have the mats or the foam pit or um, the airbag or whatever it may mm -hmm. be, you can practice those repetitions where falling is just a lot safer and you don't have to have like, a lot of skill to be able to navigate a fall in that environment. Mm -hmm. You just have to follow a few basic safety rules, like don't land directly on your head. Cause even though it's squishy landing yeah. directly on your head in any scenario is usually not good. So, um, you know, if you can follow a few basic rules, then you can stay safe and then you kind of progress up through less matting. Um, but that said, you know, eventually you're, you're competing things on the sprung floor mm -hmm. or, um, you know, dismounting off the bar or whatever it may be, um, or vault, for example, that's like a, a, you know, high speed, high power one where you're flying through the air and you got to mm -hmm. land. And, um, uh, I think as you go up through the levels and as you get older in gymnastics, um, the amount of matting kind of becomes less. So mm -hmm. like at the end of the vault runway at the younger levels, they're just landing flat backed on like a really big, um, portable foam pit. Really? Okay. Um, and, um, and then later on, you know, you're landing on like an eight inch thick soft mat. And then, um, if, if you watch the Olympics or something, they're mm -hmm. landing on pads, but they're a little firmer and, yeah. um, it makes it easier for them to stick their landing, but also it, um, you have, it makes it, uh, you know, harder if you're not landing it, but mm -hmm. it's rare that they're not landing it at that stage. Um, and that's actually, so part of the reason why, so there is a bit of a focus on falling, not okay. nearly as much in parkour or as in martial arts, yeah. there's a lot more focus in parkour and martial arts, but part of the reasoning is in, in my opinion that, in parkour and in martial arts, you have to adapt to a changing factor. Mm -hmm. So in parkour, you're adapting to the environment mm -hmm. and your movement has to be different depending on what you're doing and where, and the different surfaces are going to be a factor, the different height, the different width, um, everything mm -hmm. like that is going to be a factor. Um, while in gymnastics, the goal is to make it as repeatable as possible so that what you're doing will try to be the exact same thing that you've done a thousand times before. And in parkour, let's say you're doing, um, let's, let's, let's say it's a flip because in gymnastics, there's also flips, mm -hmm. but maybe it's a flip, but between two things, you know, there might be a height difference yeah. and that's going to change your timing in the air mm -hmm. and it's going to change when to open and like how you want to land. And then is it concrete versus grass? Are mm -hmm. there ledges involved? Um, is there a step up before the takeoff? Do yeah. I step onto it? Do I not? So there's all these factors that you have to like plan for. And then those factors can also get in the way. And when you're just like repeating um, the exact same thing over and over again, there's like a little less, um, to, to worry about. So mm -hmm. there's, there's less, um, 
there's there's still like risk of falling and people fall all the time in gymnastics yeah um but because it's soft and because they're doing a move that they've done a thousand times before it's like less talked about um mm-hmm. the main thing that i remember is um you know like kind of the obvious things like when falling backwards don't reach behind you yeah um and uh when falling forwards roll out but the thing is because you're on pads all the time you're just doing somersaults so mm-hmm. like you'll you'll just like they'll teach kids to do a front flip um like let's say it's off a trampoline onto a mat um you know the trampoline can give you an extra boost so maybe you land and you're falling forward yeah um they just teach them to just roll out real quick which is great Um, and if you were on hard ground and that was what you knew, maybe you'd tap your head and that would be bad, but it's better than face planning. hundred percent. Yes. Cause if you, if you can like, if you're rolling quickly, you know, a head tap is terrible. And if you're on concrete, it can, it can lead to a concussion, but also there is a way to roll straight over and not tap your head. So, so it's like, it's, it's not a, it's not a, uh, not a bad option. And then, um, for backwards rolling, Honestly, at, at really high speeds, like if you do a huge backwards flip mm-hmm. um, and you land and you're falling backwards, it's really hard to avoid the head mm-hmm. in general. Um, so the gymnastic style kind of back extension roll where you push to try and create space for your head and then land on your feet um, isn't also isn't a terrible option. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I like as someone who who has spent so long in parkour. I'm always trying to turn to a shoulder. I'm, I'm never sure. trying to go straight over. Um, but for their environment, it works because they're always on something soft. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I don't know if going to the backward roll, because I remember, I think you taught me how to backward roll uh, yeah. one of the classes. And I remember you emphasized the push. It wasn't just roll over. Yeah. It was once you hit your hands there, push, because you're trying to clear that head. Yeah. Um, and I made a backwards rolling tutorial and I don't know how good mm-hmm. it is. You'd have to judge me on that, but it was, um, it was good. I watched it. <laughs> okay. Sweet, sweet, sweet. But I remember that push. And that was, that was one thing that I think you always instilled in our heads. Like if you're going backwards, you know, you can hurt your wrist, you can hurt your shoulder, but don't hurt your head because that is the difference yeah. between a minor injury and a possibly either fatal or life-changing type injury. Sure. Um, so that's one thing you always stuck with me. And I, that's interesting that you say that. So I mean, did you learn that push type technique from gymnastics and bring it to parkour or was that something you learned in parkour as well? Or is it just think it just melded together for you? Yeah, I think, um, I, I, I would definitely attribute a lot of my, a lot of my falling technique stuff to the work that Amos has put out, mm-hmm. um, with the parkour Ukemi. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I did like a workshop with him a very long time ago at, um, a gym in Marin. Okay. And, um, and we, we did go over like backwards rolling stuff mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and yeah, because I've also like early on, um, one of my training partners had a really strong, um, Japanese jujitsu background Okay. and the way that they would back roll is they would stick out one arm and then yeah. protect the head like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works great. And sometimes I'll still like introduce people to rolling that way not usually, but maybe if they're less athletic or they're having trouble. Yeah. Um, because, but the thing is you're, you're not going to be able to land on your feet very easily. Yeah. So that, that push, not only can it like give you some distance from your head, but it also gives you just more room to bring your feet down underneath. Um, one of, I think the, the kind of most important differences that, um, 
that Amos mentioned um, when I did the parkour EDU certification, because mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I kind of brought up the point that like, you know, I, I was, I was trying to make the argument that parkour ukemi and like breakfalls and, and kind of the system that he's been putting out was, uh, is better than martial arts breakfalls because yeah. I'm like, because we can do it on concrete and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And he's like, he said something that was, I, I thought it was really well put, which is like, they have different, purposes almost because in parkour you want to be able to get up right there and then and do it again and still have that chance of falling like you might try and move and roll on concrete 10 or 20 times yeah um okay. in martial arts your training is all on mats and one roll on concrete let's say you roll slightly wrong and you bump a bone in your back or something like that yep um if if that roll on concrete is because you're in a life or death self-defense scenario like the little bruise on your back is kind of the least of your worries. You're not even going to so, feel it at that moment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like, you know, I, I think that, and also another, another kind of factor, I'm jumping around a little bit, no, but something, fine. something that I kind of learned now that I've been doing martial arts for longer is when you add that second person into the mix, mm -hmm. it totally changes the techniques. Um, really? Okay. So it, it just makes certain things more important to practice. So mm -hmm. for example, like in parkour, we often use this kind of diamond catching technique for our yeah. shoulder rolls where you're going to use both hands and um, you can kind of catch the ground and absorb and transfer mm -hmm. uh, the momentum with your hands and your forearms. Um, and in parkour, I'm, I, I always do it that way and it, it works really well. It's kind of the most commonly um, done way to do it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, in martial arts, if you're being thrown and someone's holding your arm while you throw you, you're not going to be able to use that arm while you're rolling. Very true. Um, so like practicing things like single arm dive rolls, which is a more advanced technique, um, okay. can like be helpful for things like that. And then, you know, the, the, the break fall and like rolling continuum yeah, um, yeah. is helpful where you kind of are like, you know, rolling into a break fall and then slowly almost like flipping into a break fall. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, those things are all, are all beneficial as well. Um, and, uh, I, I guess the other factor is that, um, just that, that other person is going to be changing the angles at which you're falling too. So in mm -hmm. parkour, it's just you in the environment. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times falls are going to go similar ways. It's like, Oh, my foot slipped out. I'm spinning this way. I'm going to be able to do this. Yeah. There are a lot of factors like varying heights, um, other obstacles around you, what services you're on. Um, but, uh, usually, uh, there's not a lot of moving parts, mm -hmm. you know, if a rail, if, if like an obstacle breaks or moves, those are some of the hardest falls to navigate. And yeah. so, um, and that's part of why like checking your, your surroundings and, 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 you know, being aware of things like mm -hmm. that, um, being aware of the structural integrity of the branch that you're swinging on or something mm -hmm. like that, um, is super important, but, um, usually in parkour, there's, there's not another moving piece besides you. Yeah. And in martial arts, there is another moving piece. So it's just a little different, you know, I used no. to think parkour breakfall was, was better. Like yeah. parkour Kemi was like better, but really, um, it's not better. It's just, it fits its purpose. Uh, you just blew, you didn't blow my mind, but because like, what you're saying makes sense by like its core, but you definitely just changed my mind. Cause I have always kind of thought that too. I was like, all right, martial arts techniques is great. Cause you're on a pad, but when you yeah. parkour stuff is going to be more real world, 
but I guess it's all continuing, right? Like gymnastics is very rigid and it has exactly, you know, exactly what you're getting into. And, you know, yes, the padding may change, but that's over a long duration after you've gotten used to it. And your bone density has kind of gotten used to that padding parkour. You're it's more variable, but now your environment, you're, you're probably going after the same challenge, you know, 10, 15 times, whatever it is. Right. And then exactly. you get to throw a person in the mix who's trying to throw you down. They're going to get you to the ground however they can. Right. So now yeah. there is that variable of you becoming from a 45 degree angle, coming from a 90 degree angle. You don't know how exactly. you're coming in. You just made, you just, geez, man, you just changed my whole <laughs> brain right there. Um, Cause that's and, one thing I've always been saying. And now I feel like a hypocrite, not a hypocrite. I feel like I was on the wrong path with that, but you're right. It's just like people who um, I'm sure you've heard this cause um, you, you exercise as well, but the functional exercise argument of, you know, some people say only some exercises are functional and some people say all exercises are functional. It depends on the purpose of the, the function of it. So if uh -huh. you're a bodybuilder, bicep curls are functional, right? you know what I mean? So I, sure. now I'm connecting those two things together. I'm like, all right, martial arts stuff is very functional, but there's one thing that I want to say that whole key thing or the, you know, breathing <sighs> out. Yeah. Ah, you, you remember that article I read and I think we talked about it real quick about uh, that being shown not to do anything at all. You know, so and that's one of the things that I've had a lot of trouble like understanding with, mm -hmm. with break falls is, um, and, and I've always thought that this was just like a lack of, of knowledge or like just a missing piece on, on my end. And mm -hmm. it, I, I think it still is, but maybe you can, maybe you can shed some light on yeah. it. Um, which is like, yeah, that, so the whole key, I like my understanding is the goal is to like tense up the abdomen and kind of, like expel air so that you're not getting the wind knocked out of you or something. I, <laughs> I don't know what the goal is. I think that's what the goal is. I think that's what the goal is too. But you know, there's two ways to think about it. A, you do it, you can't, you get, you push the air out. So you're knocking the wind out of yourself without the yeah. sudden jerk, which is, so you're doing the same exact thing, but now it's controlled versus, you know, getting the wind knocked out of you. But I think the majority of the time when wind gets knocked out of you is when you're not expecting the fall is what yeah. I've noticed. So like, I mean, I did judo for a little bit whenever I knew I was like, if someone was purposely throwing me, I almost never got the wind knocked out of me. If someone was throwing me in like, you know, we were, we were, what was it called? Uh, rolling. Yeah. Um, I would sometimes get the wind knocked out of me, whether sure. or not I did the whole little key. I think I did it. And maybe I was just bad timing. And yeah. I always had the same question. And I read that um, research article that's on my science falling page and on my science falling website, but it, they tested martial art techniques and they found there was no difference in anything with expelling the air yourself. There literally was no benefit to it. Interesting. Uh, all the, all the other roles, these martial arts, these are martial arts, not parkour roles, but all those other yeah. falling techniques, break falls, roles, um, all dissipated force, like dramatically. And they, they save people's hips. They would save people's knees and back and everything. Um, but that was the one technique that had no, um, real, science behind it. it didn't really make any sense now i can get the idea behind it and a lot of things that we don't have research on um are still you know real like meditation now is found to actually change the brain whereas back in the day it was never accepted it was kind of considered sure. um, hippie-ish or something like that and it has real benefits so i'm curious in the next 10 years if someone does another study and finds that it actually does do something but right now it seems like it doesn't do much it's just kind of an old tradition yeah well you know uh, like, like we, like we were saying, like, th you know, thanks to, thanks to the office, like some people are going to be already like a little nervous or embarrassed their first time at parkour. Yeah. Um, when really there's, there's no reason to be, you're, you're just like moving your body. Yeah. You know? sure. just, it's like, it's not so different from like going for a run or, or like, you know, 
like like there's not anything so anything weird or like comedic associated with rock climbing yeah yeah you know? like, Very true. but, <laughs> but at, at the same time um like the key eye is would definitely be the most embarrassing part of practicing break falls yeah i don't i don't teach the key eye um uh but now i just feel validated for not teaching the key eye. that's great <laughs> there you go <laughs> if we learned anything today you were validated that's all i care about yeah. it works for me but it's true it's you know that's the one thing that i've always been really interested with parkour is I love, you know, I found a real passion for it when I was at the flying frog and I was a big bodybuilder kid. I, you know, I think you remember me when I came in, I had some muscle, I have no muscle now, but, um, <laughs> back then, you know, I was, I was embarrassed to tell people I did parkour because there was such a bad stigma around it. And yeah. now I've, I finally got to the point where I can go to the park and like jump around and jump on rails and do my own thing. But there's still a little part of me in the back of my head. It's like, Hmm, I probably look like the weird kid, you know, on the yeah. playground doing whatever I want to do. And people are staring at me, but it's what's what's different between someone doing push-ups on the ground and then someone you know bouncing on a rail or you're just using your body in a different way there's really nothing bad about it and i feel like doing push-ups is great but learning how to use your body in all situations is probably a little more beneficial so yeah. i don't know that's how i would tell myself i'm like right, i'm just being functional i'm trying to like protect myself and be cool yeah. and learn to balance but um yeah it's been always interesting to me to have that kind of mindset of it's it's embarrassing especially after office which was funny don't get me wrong the office was oh funny. I loved it when it first came out. I was watching The Office. I was actually in France, like at the the basically the origins of parkour. I was yeah. I was staying in Paris, but we were making day trips down to Elise, oh, um, which is where parkour originated. And that episode came out, and my buddy who I was there with, we were actively watching. So we watched it like a day after it came out. We were like, "Oh my god, they referenced parkour. That's hilarious." Uh huh. But you know, eventually it gets old. If, if oh, when you're in the parkour community people yelling parkour at you while you do parkour is like it's entertaining for them because it's they think they're very clever but yeah it's just like you know it's like if you have a name that sounds like something silly like the same jokes are going to be made every single time and they everyone thinks they're clever but really it's just you know beat to death it gets old i know because i remember when i was there i was working security at the same time at a mall so paul right. blart got screamed at me a lot and then i'm oh, doing yeah. parkour outside i get yelled at parkour <laughs> like man i can't get away from this i just can beat up everywhere i go <laughs> but it's it's so great man it's 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 i think now it's i don't know i've talked to some friends and they say now it's 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 lost a tide of popularity but i feel like now it's becoming more mainstream with like world chase tag and now it's getting some respect and people are seeing that man this is actually kind of fun and it's it allows you to play in an adult-like fashion yes and so that that's kind of what i think is like if you're if you're out um, and let's say you're, you're at a park and you want to go like hang around from some tree branches, mm -hmm. you know, um, um, you know, balance on a rail or something like that. Um, so number one, if I had a friend who was a DJ in high school mm -hmm. and he always used to say like, you can't, if, if you're, if you see someone over there, like dancing, having a good time, if they look silly, but they're having a good time. Like mm -hmm. what's the more important part of that? Like they're out there getting after it, oh, having, yeah. having fun. Um, if you're, you're judging them, that's kind of on you. Yeah. For one. Sure. Um, and so that kind of like shifted my perspective there. Cause in high school, it's like, I mean, like, you know, dancing in public is almost like speaking in public. Like it's, it's scary. Oh, yeah. And it's, if you're the only one dancing, that's a whole other level, oh, you know terrifying. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so like, you know, if I see someone who's like the only one dancing and, mm -hmm. and they're doing whatever silly moves they're doing, 
I can, I can smile and be like, they look silly. And I can also be like, respect, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like they don't, they don't care. They're, they're just down to have a good time. They're feeling uh -huh. the music and they're having fun. And I feel like, um, you know, just play in general should be more encouraged and, mm -hmm. um, use of public spaces should be a lot more varied and, yes. um, more like, open to things like fitness and community and stuff like that so if you're over there like balancing at a park just know that um at first it'll be embarrassing mm -hmm. or it might be you know it, yeah. it, not for everybody um but at first it might be embarrassing you might be nervous that people are going to call like call on you or maybe you're nervous that you're going to fall because mm -hmm. that's embarrassing yeah um but um you know just know that you're like you're doing something good because you're, you're kind of, um, encouraging other people to like, uh, see the world around them and mm -hmm. in different ways. And like, you're making it more okay for us to use the environment in these ways and countless times, like kids want to join in right away. Yeah. Sometimes adults do too, but like, you know, the kids don't have this mindset of, what's allowed in an environment and what's not they just mm -hmm. you know they just want to have fun yeah um, for sure so yeah i, I think uh it, it's worth pushing past that and it also you can also use it as an opportunity to like talk to people you know so if, if people are like you know if people come at you heated like get down from there yeah, yeah um you know that's a great opportunity to like just have a, have a little conversation about yeah. about what you're doing and you know uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it gets complicated the more you, uh, because there's a lot of different ways people can respond, but in, oh, yeah. in the end, I think you're doing the, doing a kind of the world of service, like pushing things in a good direction for play and for fitness and for fun and for the environment. So I agree. And I, I kind of like the idea or the, the frame of mind that you're saying that it allows people to be a little less rigid in their kind of thinking. And, you know, kids yeah. don't have that framework of I'm an adult now, I'm not allowed to do this because it's yes. considered childish. When in reality, kids don't have that because they're, they're just, they're using their bodies. They're being human. They're moving around. They're having fun. They're, they're exploring their environment. They're trying to learn. Or at some point down the line as adults, we're told, okay, you can go to the gym and lift weights and that's going to be acceptable because you're doing these defined patterns. But for some reason, using your body to its fullest extent is looked down upon. And I don't know if that is obviously in some respects, if you're like the highest of your sport or whatever, because you're so good at it, people look at you and say, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. They're, they're the best. So it's okay for them. But for me, it wouldn't be possible. Um, I don't know if that's because we, you know, as we grow older, we get into the nine to five, we sit in a desk all day, whatever it is, and we lose those abilities. So then we feel inadequate to do those. And we feel embarrassed, just like the dancing, because we're not going to be good at it. Um, obviously, you've worked with adults. So uh, I'm sure you've had people come in there and they're got dragged in by the friend or something. They don't really believe in parkour, whatever it is. I mean, how do you break down those beliefs? Cause for me with science of falling and trying to mix these two worlds of healthcare and kind of parkour and, you know, the falling aspects, um, that's the biggest thing I've run into so far is that people think it's cool. Um, they respect the idea, but you know, there's, there's respect and the idea and then buying into the idea. I think those are two different things. Um, and people just, see why would i want to go outside and fall why like that doesn't help me well because i see 90 year olds come in with broken hips all the time yeah. and they never learn how to fall because it wasn't cool so like how do you kind of how do you reconcile the idea of not wanting to do it with teaching them in the parkour space yeah um so i think uh if someone um you know 
doesn't see the value in one area, they may end up seeing value in a different area. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if you can just give them an enjoyable, like fitness experience, mm -hmm. I think that's a good start at least. Um, so, you know, if they're like, if they, maybe they just think parkour is silly from the office or whatever it may be. Um, and you know, it's like spending a ton of time jumping around on walls is like a little silly. That's okay. Sure. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with it being, being silly. A, a lot of, a lot of activities are, are silly. And uh, you know, like a lot of it's just about culture and stuff like, yeah. like rollerblading went from being super cool to being like made fun of by skateboarders. And now it's pretty cool again. And like, same with scootering, you know, and it's sure, the same thing. True. It's like, if it get, once a guy starts doing double backflips on a scooter, you're like, well, I can't deny that that's cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's instantly um, cool after that. Yeah. But, but to me, what's cool is like people being willing to, to try and willing mm -hmm. to do things. So what's cool is not about the skill level. What's cool is someone who's, who's like putting aside their, their kind of nervousness mm -hmm. and being able to go for things. And, and that's one thing that I think is really valuable in the parkour community and also very, uh, like very strong in the tricking community, mm -hmm. um, which is that, you know, people will encourage you and get excited for you to, for accomplishing your challenge, yeah. no matter how impressive it is in the grand scheme of the parkour, like ability level, uh -huh. if you overcome like a mental barrier, everyone's stoked for you and you should be like stoked for yourself and that's kind of that's one of the things that keeps people coming back is you're overcoming um you know mental and physical challenges yeah and um and when when you kind of see that that the other people there like people come in constantly and think especially because um you know, at our, like our Friday adult class, mm -hmm. there's a few people who've been coming really consistently. They've all been doing parkour for at least two years. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, once, once one to three times a week for two years, you're going to be real, pretty proficient. Oh, for sure. Um, and, uh, and, you know, people come in and get intimidated by that. But at the same time, these people want new people to come. They're, they're extremely welcoming. Mm -hmm. And when, that person starts like doing whatever small thing that we start them with, um, you know, we're all excited for them. It's, yeah. there's not a judgment of, man, this guy's really unathletic. Like mm -hmm. that doesn't cross our mind at all because we're happy that you got out and that you're trying. Mm -hmm. That's what's important. What's mm -hmm. important is like, you know, having the pushing aside that, that nervousness and that embarrassment or just living with it, but still doing it anyways. Um, and then kind of enjoying the fact that you're, you're exercising, you're challenging yourself. Maybe mm -hmm. there's a little bit of fear. Maybe you're just listening to your body. Um, and you know, uh, if we can incorporate like a game or something like that to kind of break down some of those, um, some of those nerves that's great too but mm -hmm. yeah i think just trying to provide people with a positive experience and having a, a really encouraging environment with with a culture of other people there who are also going to be like encouraging and welcoming mm -hmm. and kind of uh making it uh, uh we we just had a staff meeting the other night and one of my coaches uh, called it scalable enthusiasm oh i love it enthusiasm it all, it's almost like the enthusiasm doesn't scale, but the, the abilities scale, right? Yeah, the enthusiasm yeah, yeah. stays the same, no matter like what, um, you know, ability level you're dealing with, For because sure. it's not about the, the skill in the end. Like you're, you're not gonna, 
um, you're not going to change your life once you can jump 12 feet. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's not about the numbers. Mm -hmm. It's more about what it does to you and to your, like how you feel about it. You're breaking your own barriers and that's making you better, whether athletically or mentally or whatever it is. And that's giving you some, some joy in your life and then the people around you. And I've experienced this firsthand, especially in the parkour community will cheer you on. And you're saying that that enthusiasm level for your first Kong, your first role is the exact same as someone who's doing like a, insane like double backflip on flat totally. ground or something and that's totally. just like the enthusiasm is the same obviously one trick is way cooler than the other in in the grand scale of the the sport and everything but for that person they're they're the exact same coolness like if i see someone who was in there and i've seen this before and i've cheered people on doing their first kong i'm like well our our my buddy nick i mean he's, i don't know if yeah. he's even still coming there um i remember nick came and i was i was there a little bit longer than he was i think i think he came like a month after i started yeah and we started challenging each other and like i was better at kongs than he was but he was better at like rolls for a while than i was so we would sure. just egg each other on and if one yeah. of us got the thing that the other person was get out already it was like dude yes like i love it right so and it was i like it scalable enthusiasm yeah um, I, I just so awesome i think that's the cool thing about the parkour community is it is so kind of loving and enthusiastic and everybody's there for you. And, um, I think that was something that I found was really helpful getting into the space of learning how to roll and learning to, um, push my limits because I don't, I don't think I ever told you this. I wanted to come to the flying frog for like three months before I finally did it. I was terrified because I was like, parkour's weird. It's this weird sport. It's a YouTube sport, right? Yeah. Like, I want to be terrible. I like, I, I lift weights. How am I going to do a Kong right. or something? And then I finally just bit the bullet. And I think I actually bit the bullet twice. And the first time I canceled because I was so scared. I was like, I can't go. Oh, man. <laughs> so I finally went and then, you know, doing that class of Justin and my first Kong that day, I think I hyperextended my knee. Like I got hurt my first day. Oh, I was like, no. oh that was sick. I'm going back. Oh, Let's nice. do it. <laughs> uh, because Justin was so freaking excited for me when I got my Kong. Cause he saw, you know, the smile on my face. I was like, that was awesome. I've been wanting to do that forever. Like I'm complete. I never have to do this sport again. And I'm happy. Right. Um, I did what I came here to do. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Let's go. Yeah. So, in you know, in terms of um, like falling techniques, what do you think yeah. is the, and this is going to be not a cut or dry question, but what do you think is the ultimate falling technique? What's, what's your number one go-to? If you had to pick one and you could only do one falling technique for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, so I think I'm going to, I think, I think I'm going to pick a, I think I'm going to cheat a little bit. Okay. Go for um, it. so there's something that, um, that, uh, Amos teaches called the, I think he calls it the half roll. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically you get into a position like a sitting position, like you're about to come out of a forward roll and stand up forward mm -hmm. shoulder roll. Um, but you rock back mm -hmm. towards your back shoulder. You, you, you stop at the shoulder, like avoiding the head, touching the ground. And then you rock back forwards to come up mm -hmm. um, and, and you can stand up. Um, and, uh, so like, if like, I'm, I'm going to kind of rephrase the question. If I had one like tool for, for teaching people how to, um, like catch themselves falling, mm -hmm. it would be that to, to start because, okay you get the front roll and the back roll. Oh, all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because you're rocking back and forth. And then that's also very similar to what you do when you're learning how to roll on a hard surface, because everybody's like soft tissue pathway, the, the path that you roll on where you're not bumping bones on your back, yeah. 
um, everybody's is different because we all have different proportions and like different levels of body fat and mm -hmm. different amounts of muscle. Um, and I, I think that there is a soft tissue pathway for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're like really bony and, and, and skinny, it's a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, if you like do some back workouts or, um, start drinking a bunch of like, you know, gallon of milk a day or whatever it is, you know, if you build up your mass a little bit, then sometimes it will get, it will get easier. So but what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing you say is eat like a full cake every day and rolling will be really easy. For sure. Yep. Okay. All right. That's all yeah. right. I mean, the, the rounder you are, the easier rolling is. Um, no, but, uh, but yeah, so what you do is you, you kind of just play with rocking on the on on a, a surface that's that's hard enough where you get the feedback to feel where you're bumping mm -hmm. and you play with like different axes so maybe i'm going to roll a little more sideways maybe i'm mm -hmm. going to roll a little bit straighter and then you play with changing the shape of your your body yes. um, rounding and an opening um and uh you know it took me years before i was able to roll on concrete without bumping like my hip bone or my mm -hmm. shoulder bone and you know occasionally i would do it like for a video or if i was falling you know yeah, yeah. um and it would just be like oh okay well i'm fine you know i don't want to do more rolls because <laughs> because my shoulder hurts but but you know the role the role protected me yes um and that's kind of like what i was talking about with martial arts like for for at the beginning you don't need a a, a beautiful shoulder roll that works a thousand times on concrete but if you want to get to a really high level in parkour Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that's worth investing the time in for sure. Mm -hmm. And that, that one technique has kind of all three. It has the front roll, the, the back roll, and it has this tool for finding your soft tissue pathway. Yeah. I know that's really good. And I think, I think there's another part in there that you may have never thought about, but I'm going from my PT mindset here. Yeah. Um, it's so true. When you first start rolling, I hate rolling on concrete. I always have, I suck yeah. at it. Even those black, the black flooring you have at the frog. Yeah. Yeah. I would go floor. in there and force myself to roll in there. Cause I hated it. But yeah. I think the difference between, well, this isn't the, the PT mindset part, but I think the difference between practicing rolling and falling on accident and rolling is that there's a little bit of that adrenaline. So when you oh, fall yeah. on accident, you don't feel it as much, but if you no. force yourself to fall, you feel everything and it sucks. Yeah. True. But I, but I think practicing it is important, even if it sucks a little bit, because not only do you get better at the tissue pathway and figuring out where your kind of line is for that diagonal, but uh, from the PT side, your bone density is going to start modeling according to how you roll. So even if you have a really just poor line on that, you don't really follow your soft tissue mass, your bones are going to get stronger in that position. So next time you do fall your bones, if, it, if you've been practicing this for a while, are actually gonna be stronger and you have less likely injury, even if your roll technique isn't perfect. Yeah. Which and I think we'll, I th go on. Okay. No, I was, was going to say, that's just really awesome. So yeah um and kind of to bring it up like you know back to so in parkour we we roll sometimes it's not a fall you know sometimes it's yeah. an intentional roll from a landing maybe just to absorb impact mm -hmm. like we're we're intentionally dropping mm -hmm. um and in that case you're this is a technique that you've practiced you know many many times and so you can try to uh, recreate the same role every time, mm -hmm. but in a fall, sometimes your role pathway is going to be a little bit off. So that's a great point in that, like, even if you're great at finding the soft tissue pathway, if you're falling, there are going to be times where you're not hitting that soft tissue pathway yes. perfectly. Um, I think that the, the, the key is, um, 
you know, if you, if you just go out and you try to roll on concrete, that's probably going to turn you off from rolling on concrete. Oh, hundred like, percent. Unless you're just lucky uh, and you just found that pathway or, you know, some people like have a, just kind of a, a much wider margin for error mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. than other people. Um, but uh, you know, if you go on grass and start like rolling around, like I was talking about, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe with some like long sleeves or something, if you don't yeah. want to get those little grass scratches. Yeah. Um, I, I think a huge part of kind of my, my philosophy with, with fitness is you should, you should enjoy what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, because what if you're if you're going to come back and do it again then you're going to get a lot more benefit from just doing it once and if you do it once and don't like it then you're not going to gain any benefit so 100%. like whatever is going to get you get you coming back and for me you know i've never i've always been you know very fit because i was in gymnastic that like yeah. i was on a competitive gymnastics team from age 8 to 17 um animal and, you know we work out a lot work <laughs> out a lot um but, you know, I would just like do what the coach said. But a yeah. after that point, all my fitness has either been just because it's fun, like parkour, it's challenges and, and you're just you're playing, you're moving through the environment mm -hmm. um, and you're you're kind of trying to accomplish these goals that you're setting for yourself. It's also a creative outlet. Mm -hmm. It's all these pieces. And then in jujitsu, it's literally like a game. You know, yeah. you're, you're playing a, a, a game where you're, you're battling someone else uh -huh. in this like physical chess match. Um, and, um, if I'm going in the gym and working out personally, it's just because I'm so passionate about these other things that I want to gain some kind of, um, advantage mm -hmm. or, um, just prepare my body for what I would like it to be able to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I've never been super motivated to just go out to the gym and like bust out a bust out a bunch of reps. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm always motivated to like play the game to do the, you know, I just want to have fun. Yeah, I'm still just a kid. For sure. Um, and so if if you can make falling practice fun, to me, that's what's going to really help because falling practicing falling once or twice isn't actually going to be enough mm -mm. to get you the appropriate reaction when you have a fall. It has to be something that's that you've at least done that you've done a lot or, or like very consistently mm -hmm. um, so that you, you have the proper reactions kind of built into built into you. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's, that's one thing I've noticed with um, the patients I work with, because since I like the balance stuff, I, I get a lot of the balance patients that come into the clinic yeah. and um Right now in the clinic, because we don't have the, the facility for it, we don't have the pads and everything. I don't teach people how to fall on their backs or anything yet, but yeah. we, I do teach people how to do stepping reactions. So stepping out to the side and catching themselves. And we do games where I will have them put all their body weight into me and then I drop them. So it's, there's an actual falling sensation and then they have to step out and catch themselves. And, um, these people often freak out, get scared. They scream in the clinic and then they laugh afterwards. Oh, that's because awesome. it's so much fun. Cause they're like, Oh my yeah. God, it's like going on a roller coaster. I'm, I'm right there to catch them. There's yeah. no, there's no danger, like danger at all. But, um, the people that I do fun things like that with that it's hard, but I, it's really beneficial. It scares them a little bit, but after they get over that initial fear point, there's that little adrenaline spike. I'm like, Oh my God, that was actually really fun. Let's do it again. Yeah. And then, you know, they come back later and they say, Oh my God, I stumbled the other day and I caught myself because I knew how to do oh, this. We cool. trained it. 
it's super cool. But then, you know, when I do obstacle courses stuff when I'm just working on pure yeah. balance. I put it, I literally take up our whole entire front section. And yeah. I'm sure the other PTs uh, hate me sometimes when I do that. But I'm like, all right, I'm going to take all this equipment. I'm going to make a Ninja Warrior course and I'm make these people do it. And there'll be other patients coming like, this isn't PT. This kid's just playing with these guys. I'm like, yeah, it's because it's super fun and they enjoy it. And these are the people that um, come back, not only come back, but they, they get better. They get better balance. They learn how to catch themselves falling. And just for, you know, fun and doing my own little experiments, I'll take other people that come in and maybe they're just not um, as, you know, uh, I don't even know what that they're not as like into that kind of stuff. So we do traditional PT exercises. We do normal balance stuff where they just kind of stand on their feet. They close their eyes, turn their head and stuff. And I try to make it fun, make jokes and stuff, but you know, they just don't make as much progress because they're not excited about it. not enthusiastic about the work. Um, so I think making it fun is paramount. I don't, I don't think anything that you have to do to make yourself better has to, it's not like, it's like eating vegetables. People hate vegetables, right? So they don't eat them, even though they're good for you exercise and trying to make yourself better and be able to fall. It doesn't have to be boring. It can be as fun as you want to make it yeah. and you just make your own challenges. And I think that's, what's cool with the parkour communities because you have all of that excitement and enthusiasm around you from other people. And like the flying frog, you have bright colors everywhere. There's so many things that you can try to figure out and do and like make lines and be creative. It adds all another dynamic to it that I think some people are missing out on. Um, and I think that people get scared of falling because my face is very, very bright right now in the video. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's because, you know, you look at these things and you say, well, I'm an adult. I shouldn't do that. You're in this very rigid. I mean, it must be boring type of mindset. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting that that happens. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I've noticed that making something fun is going to change the whole entire learning environment. Yeah. So. Um, yes. I, one of the things that I get to see now is, um, you know, one of our adult members who's been coming for a couple of years, his kids have been doing parkour since they've been like two. And now really? one of them is like six and the other one's five, like uh -huh. six or seven and five. Um, and so they get to do parkour together now. Oh, that's awesome. So cool. And yeah, you know, he was just telling me that they went to a park the other day and they were all, they were like jumping from rock to rock <laughs> and like, if it was too big, then the dad would hold out his hand and the, the kid would jump and like catch on oh, and like, a, like a cat leap holding <laughs> onto his hand. And then he would like pull her up. And it's just so cool. Like you, you, I, I think that's one thing that I've gained from working with kids is, is, um, there's this stigma that adults like shouldn't be silly, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, when you work with kids, if you can, can be silly, they do so much better, like listening, following along. It's and it, like we said, it's because they're having fun. They're enjoying yeah. themselves. Kids don't want to work hard. Um, no. But like, who does really, you know? <laughs> like, but, but kids don't have that concept yet. Why exactly. would I work hard? I just, my life is to be, have fun. And then you put them in school and then they kind of start learning a little bit, but yeah, like where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, like you, I'm sure everybody remembers, um, I mean, maybe not everybody, not everybody has been like physically active, um, as, as a, as a child, but yeah. you know, I, I have memories of like, you know, being, being cold and like not wanting to, to like play or something like mm -hmm. that. But then you get into the game and suddenly next thing, you know, like you're dripping sweat and you've like just ran for a long time and you're like, and you know, you don't even realize that you just exercised. Yeah. You know, but you, because you were having fun the whole time and you're focused on the game. Um, well, exercise isn't part of your vocabulary. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, exactly. you're not exercising, you're just enjoying yourself and you're using your body to do it. And you have the added benefits of being healthy and everything, but it's true. I mean, I don't think exercise should be something you should be focused on. It should be moving your body, having fun. Yes. Yes. And then, yeah, if, if you have, you know, specific goals, if you're into bodybuilding or, mm-hmm. or whatever, then, then sure. But I do think that there's, there's definitely like, whatever's going to, like I said, whatever's going to keep you coming back. So yep. if, 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 it, if at least for, for health, you know, um, yeah. uh, not that everybody has to be a, a parkour athlete, but even just whatever's going to get you to like go out and take walks, mm-hmm. you know, if you can mm-hmm. make that walk more fun and more interesting in some way, um, uh, we've been doing like, uh, plant identification while we <laughs> nice. go on walks, you know, we, 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 uh, we got an app on our phone where you can just poke it at a plant. And so to me, like that makes going on a walk more fun because yeah. going on a walk doesn't sound very fun to me unless I'm going to do parkour on the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're doing, you're doing a, a learning, like, exactly like, like adventure, right? You're not walking, you're going to learn and do other things. Exactly. Um, and it's, it's super interesting to me. Um, you and your, your girlfriend, right? D or fiance now, I don't know what, where, what part of your relationship you're in, but I don't <laughs> yeah, want to get you in trouble yeah. by saying that. She listens to this. <laughs> Um, she loves weightless. She's CrossFitter, right? Yes. So, I mean, and, and you're not a CrossFitter. I don't think it at this point no. in time, I'm sure she's no. tried to make you try though a few times. I've done, a, I've done, a, I think a class or two. And then when they were doing zoom classes, I would, I would do that. With yeah. Her. So I think it's interesting that you two are love movement, but completely different movements. Right. Although totally. she was a gymnast too, for a while, if I remember correctly. She, so she worked at gymnastics gyms, but she yeah. actually never, never was a gymnast. Her, oh my her, gosh. Older, her older sister was a gymnast. And I've been mom, lied to this entire time. <laughs> her mom, uh, worked at the front desk of the gymnastics gym. So yeah. she was just one of those kids who like was around and uh-huh. still learned some gymnastics, but uh-huh. she never competed or anything. Oh my God. This whole time, this whole yeah. time I've, I've been lied to. Maybe I lied to myself. I just assumed she was, I don't know. Well, you know, when someone's good at teaching something, you assume that they did it. But the thing, yeah. that's another difference between gymnastics and, and um, parkour. Um, there is no adult gymnastics community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Gymnastics is something you do as a kid and then you stop doing. Um, yeah. Which, like, it makes sense because it's hard on your body. But at the same time, that's when you're putting value on the level of the abilities that you're doing as opposed mm-hmm. to putting value elsewhere. So if, if your value in parkour is that you're having fun, that you're being physically active, that it, maybe it gets you outside, maybe you use it to play with your kids, you know, there's, there's all, these, all these things, maybe it just increases your balance, it makes you um, safer, mm-hmm. um, then you should be less concerned about the fact that you know, 10 years ago, you could jump farther than you can now. Mm -hmm. Um, and, or, you know, maybe you don't even do many jumps at all anymore. Maybe you're more focused on like, uh, crawling and, and rolling and, and hanging and, you know, like it should be, um, kind of adaptable to everyone and gymnastics could be that way too, but it's, it's a little harder, but you, yeah. you know, I've, I, I think I sent you a, a video. I don't know if it was the same guy, but if like an old, an old 90, 90 something year old guy who went and started doing gymnastics yeah. and he would just bounce on his back on the trampolines just to like build some body awareness yeah. and, and, and change things around. And so like, there are ways to kind of adapt things for different skill sets or for, sorry, for different like ages and, um, ability levels mm-hmm. and fitness levels. Um, but the, the, the hard part is as the person, 
you kind of have to put your ego away a little bit. Yeah. Because when there are other people around you doing more impressive things, there's this want to prove yourself or to, or, or, you know, like I've had, I've had adults say like, Oh, you know, like I, my, my eyes still like look at things as, as if I'm 20, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see a thing and I'm like, Oh, I could do that. But realistically, <laughs> like I haven't been physically active in like 15 years, you know? What yeah, I mean? So sure. it's a weird thing. Like you, you don't realize what your body is capable of anymore if you're not using your body. And you know, I think there's a, there's another edge to that. And I, I do this all the time because I work with people with injuries. So a lot of people's brains, they do. I, I talk to, I'll talk to 70 year olds and I have literally asked questions. How old do you feel like you are? Cause I'm like, you're 25. Don't tell me you're 70. Don't worry about it. And I'll say, I feel 25. Honestly, I've never felt 70 in my life, but at the same time, they limit themselves. They, in their brain, they feel 25, but they say I'm 70. Uh, you know, I'm getting old. That's why things. And I literally tell people don't ever, ever, ever tell me it's my age that's stopping me. It's because you stopped doing it. And you, you're, for some reason, whether you were told not to or not, you, you stopped doing it. But I love that, that, you know, that, that older gentleman was out there trying to do gymnastics, like get rid of that thought and just did it. Cause you're only going to live one life, right? If you want to go to gymnastics, jump on a trampoline, just go do it. Like yeah. that's how you got to do it. And it's, I mean, it's awesome that people think that way. Um, but yeah. it's rare. And if you're getting into something as an older person, it's just, you just got to remember that it's not about training hard. It's about training smart and it's about like enjoying yourself. Yeah. And, and like I've said many times, if you're, if you're going to come back, then you're going to get stronger. You're going to get more fit and you're going to get better. Mm -hmm. But if you stop doing it, then you're not. So mm -hmm. like might as well ease yourself in however you can. Um, and you know, you want to be be smart. So you don't get hurt. Like bouncing on your back on the trampoline is great because you're, you're, you know, you're spreading out your surface area mm -hmm. so much that it's, it's pretty easy to, to be safe. Yeah. Um, and there, you know, I think there's ways to kind of adapt many, many activities. Oh, for sure. And I think it's one of those things, kind of like you said, the ego needs to be put aside and then you just need to respect where you're at right now because yes. you will get better as long as you work on it. I mean, it's not going to be a, a projector, there's going to be ups and downs and there's going to be days where you're just not feeling it. Um, yeah. But as long as you do it and you, you put your ego aside and say, all right, this is where I'm at today. I may have been able to do, you know, a double backflip in my twenties, but now I'm 50. I can still move. I still have that ability, but I got to know that I may not be at that point I was before right now. I may be able to get there again, but got to respect that. And kind of going off that, I want to ask you, since science of falling is this, this idea, this project to try to combine these two worlds of healthcare, physical therapy, and hopefully beyond that eventually. And, you know, parkour, uh, I guess I could say gymnastics and um, martial arts too, because they all involve some sort of balance and falling. How yeah. would you combine these two worlds? How would you get these people to, to buy in that may benefit from learning to fall, whether it be, you know, just the forward and backward rocking or the full fledged forward rolls and break falls? What, what would you, what was your idea be to kind of bridge those gaps? So you're asking about combining the worlds of like physical therapy and healthcare with like fitness, gymnastics, parkour, kind of yeah, like type thing. How would you get someone to buy into the idea that the the ideas of parkour and ukemi being mm -hmm. beneficial for you for both play but also safety to mm -hmm. someone in the physical therapy world or healthcare world, you know, patient who would benefit from those techniques, but they're scared to because they're in the mindset of I'm here to get treated for an injury, yeah. a pathology, an issue, 
why would I want to do all that stuff? Because I just want to get better and go on. Who cares if I fall again in the future? Yeah. Um, Hard question. Sorry. It, it is. It is. I mean, so I'm just going to give my thoughts on it because like you said, I, I don't think I have an answer. I don't think I have the answer, right? I don't, I didn't expect you to, but I like to, <laughs> I've asked this question before in the past to some people. And it's just interesting to see what people think. Cause you know, it's, yeah. it's a problem I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, and I, I think this is part of your, a huge part of why you started science of falling, but I think a lot of the healthcare community and even just our society, um, is a lot about like, uh, treating the symptom, mm-hmm. um, rather than, um, and, and there's a lot, you know, rather than the, the cause and, yeah. and even more so like there's less of a focus on preventative medicine than there is on like treating things after they happen. Sadly. Um, yes. and that, I think that's partially because like, well, you know, people are going to be willing to, to do a lot more and spend a lot more money once they're already in, in pain and, mm-hmm. and need the problem to be solved. Yep. Um, but you know, as somebody who's had, um, you know, overuse injuries that, that I've had to like put a lot of dedication into, into rehabbing, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I now understand the benefit of, and the value of like kind of whatever preventative things you can, because, you can end up in these situations where you're, where that, that are hard to get out of. Yeah. Um, and you know, a a fall is, is exactly like that. So maybe like with, especially with older adults, maybe, um, drawing an analogy for people could Mm -hmm. be a way to, to get them to understand it a little bit more, Mm -hmm. because I think that that's a lesson that adults learn all the time, you know, it's like, yeah. Oh, like you didn't, um, care about your finances when you were younger. Did it come <laughs> back to bite you? Yeah, probably, you know, I um, like it. So like, like maybe, maybe there's, there's some analogies that, that can be, can be used to, to kind of help get people to come to that conclusion mm-hmm. a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think that the the preventative thing, like, so that's, this is something that I think about as well because of all my students, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think, how do I keep them safe? Yeah. Um, you know, how much should we be including Ukemi and also, um, strength training? Um, because, you know, if, if my students are going to be like athletes and they're going to be performing these feats, their body needs to be strong enough to be able to do it. Um, yeah. and so it's really hard to like find this balance of, of, you know, meeting that person's individual needs, but also like incentivizing, incentivizing them to do, um, whatever they need to do, mm-hmm. because I'm not with them all the time and neither are you, you know, you're with them for yeah. a very short period of time. And then you somehow have to convince them that it's in their best interest to do these exercises at home. Um, but at the same time, like I'm a huge fan of PT because that's what worked for me, yeah. you know? And, um, a lot of it was research that I did on my own, but it mm-hmm. was all about the consistency, um, to like rebuild the strength in the right way, strength and, and getting, you know, the right mobility, yeah. um, just kind of made huge differences for me. Um, but yeah, it's, 
that's, I guess that's, that's the challenge, man. That's what I'm struggling with too, is like, you know, how, how, how much can I include in my time with people? Yeah. And then how much should they be doing on their own and how do I get them to do it on their own? (laughs) Which is the hardest part, man. I got to tell you, I have like a 50% 50% success rate with people doing their, what we call HEP. So home exercise program. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's one of those, it's just all, it's going to be forever a challenge because um, no matter how much research is out there about movement being good for you, or no matter how fun it is um, it's work. Yeah. You know, when you're an adult, it turns into work. And even if it's going to be great for you, it's hard to do, but I love, I love your idea of trying to link the preventative nature and the, the benefits of that was something that they already kind of know inherently, you know, money, whatever it's money or taking care of your car, or, um, you know, loving your kids and showing them love every day so that, you know, sure. they don't come to resent you in the future, whatever it is, you know, something that people inherently know and they try to take the heart because they know it's going to help them out. Um, but it, you're, you're right. The part of science falling was the preventative nature of it. And cause we don't do almost any of that in healthcare. We, you know, insurance will not, pay nine times out of 10 for preventative, um, care at all. They're going to, they will pay out as much as they want once you, you break your leg. Cause they have to, right. That's their job, but they will not teach you how not to break your leg. They don't care about that. Which, which is so weird because it blows like, my mind. Well, and, and, you know, to draw, to draw another analogy, there's like for, for motorcycles, if you know, you, you take the motorcycle safety course and you can get your license without doing a test. Because Which is nuts. You, right. Um, well, I mean, so there's like a test within the course, within the safety course, but it's, yeah. but it's easier. Yeah, um, but also they're like, you know, it's a preventative education tool. Yeah. So then, so the system is built around you being able to like get this benefit for doing this, this education piece. Yeah. 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 And then, and then there's like different levels to it. So you can, you can take the level two course and then, you know, they, they give you some statistic about like, like, you know, how many people crash who, who don't, who don't do the level two course versus (laughs) who do. Um, And, you know, part of that is like the person who's going to opt in to doing more safety training is probably just going to be a safer, less risk taking individual in general, but true. Um, but you know, like, uh, there should be some kind of system set up to, and and it should be in the insurance company's best interest to prevent people from getting hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, maybe part of the factor is that maybe the insurance, maybe when someone gets hurt, they're willing to like later on in their life, buy more expensive insurance or something like that, because they've had those experiences. I don't know, but <laughs> it, it's, it's a weird, yeah. I mean, they, there are some preventative programs, but you're not going to see insurance payout for a 40 year old who wants to go learn how to fall at the PTs. Cause it's not, it's just, they're like, yeah, you're probably not going to get hurt for another 20 years. We're still going to make money off of you. Yeah. And you know, by the time you do get hurt, we already made, you know, $3,000, $5,000 off you a year. I think we can cover it. We're fine. Like, yeah, um, it's, it's strange. And I've always looked at, you may have heard me say this analogy or you may have used this analogy before, but you know, with someone on a, a, a motorcycle, you know, you talk to anybody who's riding a motorcycle, they'll probably tell you, yeah, I might, I'll probably go down one day. Yeah. Um, but I'm hopefully wearing my leathers and I kind of right. know what to do. Um, when we walk in our body, this is our vehicle. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, People yeah. will say, oh, I'm, I got good balance. I'll never fall. It, it, you walk on ice, you walk on a weird path where it's just gravelly, you, you might fall. It's just, you got, 
80 to 90 to 100 years on this earth if you're living a good one. Yeah. And um, a lot of steps. <laughs> it's a lot of steps to not know how to take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's always been something that racks my brain. I really, I wish that could be something that could be changed where every insurance would pay for preventative medicine um, and PT and, you know, even going to a personal trainer would be kind of on the forefront of that because though that's how you're going to do a lot of that preventive medicine is uh, movement training. So like, I wish that they would pay people to go learn parkour at the flying frog and be like, all right, you learned how to fall. Great. Now you get like 10%, uh, you know, reduction in your, your yearly expenses, because now we know you're safer. Just like, you know, if you're a safe driver. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think well, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Like, um, I think, you know, some businesses have, have fitness, like, bonuses mm -hmm. for, for people, you know, they, if they're in a fitness program, because they know it's better for their health and wellness in general, there's the, the like company will like pay part of their membership fee or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's the same, same philosophy. Um, and honestly, I, I think like, like a falling prevention program would, Fit, should fit in for things like that because if you're trying to prevent things that are going to stop your employee from coming into work mm -hmm. a fall could very easily stop your employee from coming into work and it 100%. could lead to a lawsuit <laughs> you know yeah, like if sure. it happened at work right so like yeah i don't know i i definitely think like yeah i think we're we're working working towards a day when <laughs> um when it'll be embraced a little bit more but um i think you know anybody who's um, well, I don't know, I guess in my personal experience, like I have seen huge value in the, the, um, time I've deposited into, <laughs> into, uh, you know, fall, fall practice. Yes. And, and, and like, it's all been pretty fun too. You know, uh -huh. we, you know, there's games and, and activities for it and, or just, or it can be, you know, just some quick, quick drills, you know, you bust out a few break fall, like, you, you know, whenever you're warming up for whatever activity you do, you like squat down, you do a few break falls on this side, a few break mm -hmm. falls on that side, maybe a couple rolls if the surface is soft enough. And then mm -hmm. you do, you know, your weight lifts or whatever. You just got to be willing to be that guy who's rocking around on the floor at the gym. <laughs> very true. Very true. I got well, one last thing on that. I got to say the I think the funnest Ukemi drill you had me do when I was at the frog was you would put a t-shirt on the wall. Yeah. And we would, we would do a cat leap over to the wall and then you would grab onto the t-shirt and you would, yeah, you would just fall backwards and you'd yeah. have to break fall or do something. Yeah. I remember the first time I did that. I was like, this is the stupidest, like scariest thing this kid is making me do right now. And I did. It, I was like, let's go, let's do that again. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I got that one from Amos as well. I got to give you? credit where credit's due. Yeah. Um, you know what? I got to say, he started following my science falling count and I was super juiced when he did. Cause I haven't, I didn't, you know, I don't think I followed him on my account at that time. And I was like, this guy yeah. just, that's cool. That's like, to me, that's like one of the Ukemi gods is like, all right, I kind of yeah. like what you're doing there. Like I give yeah. you some, so I'm gonna have to message him one day and be like, Hey, I know you don't know me. I'm a nobody, but like, you want to yeah. come on the podcast or like, do something that'd be cool. Um, all right, Christian, I know I told you about like 30, 45 minutes and I have no idea what time frame we're at. We probably just blew past that. Um, yeah. but I gotta say, man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast for me. Um, any last thoughts you got about what we talked about, or I want you to, you know, kind of promote yourself, tell where people where they can find your stuff. You have a new uh, parkour video, well, kind of new, came out a couple months ago, going nowhere fast, which is super dope, by the way. 
Thank um, you. Makes me jealous. Got me a little juice to go out and do some stuff again. Yeah. Um, so kind of kind of put yourself on right now. Tell people about you, about Flying Frog, whatever you need. Yeah. Well, Flying Frog Academy is uh, is my parkour gym. Um, it's in Runner Park, California, which is in Sonoma County. It's like an hour north from San Francisco. If you like um, wine, so... if you like wine and parkour, there you go. <laughs> yeah, they can't be paired at the same time, but they <laughs> they you can do one one after the other um, in the correct order. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, all ages are welcome. Um, you know, we have kids as young as three. Um, and, uh, we have adults who are actually adults, <laughs> not just like an 18 year old kid. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, you know, we, right now during the pandemic, we've been offering, um, a lot of private lesson options as well. So anybody who's like nervous about trying something like parkour, a private lesson is a great chance where you're going to just be doing it with the, with the coach or with whoever you sign up with. So that there can be like small groups. So, you know, you and you and your friend who you don't mind like being silly with sign up together. I've seen some people do that and they have a blast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, we're trying to like create and, um, and kind of grow our, our parkour community, um, for runner park, Sonoma County, um, you know, Santa Rosa and Petaluma. Um, and, uh, if you want to come try it out and be a part of it, like you're, everyone's welcome. Um, you know, as long as you're, as long as you're nice to people, <laughs> then you're, you're welcome to be a part of our community. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you can, you can check out, uh, flyingfrogacademy.com. And then my Instagram is, uh, Christian Fairfax PK. Um, if you want to see, see my moves, I don't put out a lot, um, but uh, occasionally I'll, I'll save up clips and put out a big video on YouTube or something. So I'll say you got a good backlog of things to entertain people for a while. I do. I, do, yeah. I got to I gotta say your, your posts uh, and even seeing you in person has always entertained me because Christian is, I don't know if you've noticed this from the, from the podcast so far, very humble. He doesn't, you know, kind of talk about himself very much. He doesn't really try to um, kind of show off what he's good at, but this kid is freaking fantastic. Um, I've seen him do some, things that blew my mind. I said, I would probably be dead if I did that. So um, <laughs> very humble, very awesome. I just suggest checking this stuff out for sure. Oh, thank you, Brent. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate you. And I'm, I'm very grateful that you were uh, available to do this. And we were talking about doing this for a couple of weeks now, what, a couple of months. I think I asked you a long time ago to do something with me on this. And I'm happy I finally got you on here. And you are just a wealth of knowledge and perspective. Um, and you run a fantastic business that's changing people's lives. I know it changed my life. So I, I, I appreciate you, man. I really do. Um, and all that information that Christian talked about is going to be in not only on the website, but right underneath his name or his picture right now on the video, you should see his website, his Instagram handle. I'll put the flying frog Instagram up on there too. Um, awesome. And I appreciate you, Christian. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you.